gonna say, I feel like they're swearing in K-pop music, no? Uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. <laughs> okay, everybody, welcome to episode five. Yes. Episode five of um, Songwriting Scenes of the World. We have a dear, dear, amazing guest today, Imogen Weiss. She's a London kid taking on the world. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> She's epic. She's a singer, songwriter. Um, yeah, and we met her at NYU. And she's actually going to NYU to the Clive Davis program, maybe Woo! in the fall, but depending on how Corona works yeah. out, we'll see, have to see about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yeah. thank you for coming, Imogen. Yeah, so thank you so much for you. coming on to the podcast. Thank you yeah. guys for having me. This is the best idea. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, wait, they created a podcast. This is the best thing ever. Because they oh my God. they both know that I'm obsessed with podcasts. So I'm very excited. Podcasts to be are great. On this podcast, I'm sure you've heard if you've listened, we like to play a fun game called Right to Our Tank with mm. our guest. Okay. And so our guest Imogen Weiss. Since <laughs> you're the guest today, we have three artists and you can write with one, tour with one. And the last one, you have to tank. Tank them. So you're... You gotta go. Oh, so it's like, MF, it's like MFK, but for musicians. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Exactly. So your options are Halsey, The Weeknd, mm. and Maggie Rogers. Mm. Oh my god, Anik. You're gonna kill me for my <laughs> right. answer. And okay, just wait. so you know, the one if that you, you tour what with, do you, mean? you can only tour with. If you tank Maggie Rogers, I'm personally mad at you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The pressure is on Imogen. No, because she just Imogen just said, Anik, you're gonna be mad yeah. at my answer. You can't what do answer this. do you think it is? <laughs> Anik literally chose like the two artists I consider like God. Mm. Um oh, you're gonna kill me. <laughs> Don't do it. But I love Maggie too, and she went to Clive, so Clearly I, not enough. Oh my god. <laughs> This is so... I can't. <laughs> no, you got it. This is such a... This is like a life or death question. Um, it sure is. Okay, well, I feel like writing with Maggie or Ashley for In Japan would just be amazing because they're so different. But Anik knows I have to... I want to write with Halsey. Like, that's just a goal mm. of mine in general. Um, I feel like touring with The weekend. I feel like he's too much of a rager for me. Like, I'd be at home <laughs> and the tour bus by yeah. 10 p.m. and want to go to bed. Um, that might so, be exhausting. Yeah, I feel like I feel like touring with Maggie would be more my speed. So, oh, my gosh. I'm going to – maybe you won't kill me, actually. Oh, my God, this is so hard. Okay, I would tour with Maggie because I feel like we'd be more on the same page. Wow, so Abel's got to go? Oh, no. Oh, Bye, Abel. Easter weekend. You know, it's funny so because I do listen to Starboy all the time. I'm not really caught up on his like all of his music, his but I love that so song. Good. I went to. I was. I've been like a diehard EXO fan since I was maybe 11 or 12. But I finally asked mm. my mom when Starboy came out freshman year to go to his concert. And I think mm. my two friends that I went with were so concerned that this 14-year-old girl knew all of the words to Starboy. <laughs> you know what's funny is that yesterday was actually the three-year anniversary of his Starboy concert that I went to with my friends. Really? Did yeah. you go as well? Happy I anniversary. Did. Thank you. It was a sad yeah. day because, you know, his tour is canceled this year. But Okay, so we wanted to start with 
talking about Clive because that's interesting. I feel like people don't understand. Like, Anika and you will be living with me in the dorms. Oh, for sure. I'm going to live under your bed. I'm going to be like, when you accepted me, what you really meant to say was you accepted me. All three of us. (laughs) You accepted the tribe. (laughs) So, um, why did you decide to go to choose a music school? And, like, what was the application process like? And also, this is kind of three questions in one, but where else were you looking? Were you only looking at Clive? Or, like, what was your thought process going into this crazy world of colleges? Yeah, this is so weird because I do journalism in high school, so I'm always the one asking mm. questions, never the one, but this is cool. <laughs> um, so I guess, okay, wait, I'll start with why I decided to apply to music school. Um mm-hmm. So my college process was really back and forth. I initially, well, I went through a phase where I was like, I don't want to go to college. I just want to, I started getting, I started making music seriously and completely fell in love with it my junior year of high school. That was the first time I went to a studio and I was, I thought I wanted to be, and I was my cover in high school because I went to a really or still, I guess, for three more weeks. My high school is very academic and a lot of kids want to be lawyers or doctors so I felt like going into film was a little bit more acceptable so I told everyone I wanted to actually be a screenwriter and a director and that was what I was initially I always knew I wanted to go to NYU ever since I figured out Mm. that Tish existed maybe when I was 12 and I watched Gossip Girl and Dan went there I was like I'm going here so I always knew I wanted to go to Tish but I thought I initially toured Tish for um directing and I was like this is not for me Um, and so I was like, I don't want to go to college. I was like, I'm going to be so miserable. Um, and so I went through a momentary phase my junior year. I was just like, I'm not going. And my parents were like, you're going. Um, (laughs) they're like, um, no. (laughs) Yeah. I think I gave my dad a minor heart attack. And, Mm. um, so this was like February, March. And so all the schools that I was looking at, I was looking at like Syracuse. I was looking at USC. Um, Mm. all of these schools had music programs but I was looking at it for film initially. And then interesting. in April, I was just like, you know, you live once. It's so cheesy. But I was like, this, I was like, I'm young. I have nothing to mm. lose. And what I really want to, I didn't think songwriting, it's so funny, but I didn't think songwriting was a viable profession. Like I just didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought like you were either an artist or you weren't. And yeah. it took me a while to realize that actually songwriting is very much an integral part of the music yeah, industry it's and its own thing and yeah. because for me this is separate and I don't know we can talk about it later but I'm very quiet say I'm more on the quiet side and you guys both know but I think I struggle mm-hmm. with performing and putting myself out there but mm-hmm. I was like I'm just gonna I told my college counselor I was like I'm just gonna apply because she wanted me to do a summer program and I was like at NYU, and I was like, I'm not going to do film. It doesn't make me happy. I'm just going to apply mm. for a songwriting program. Yeah, and, go um, girl. I, I was like, this is so weird, but I was like, oh, cool. The deadline is April 1st. And then I was like, oh, my God, today is April 1st. And I had, four, no way. I had four hours to do it, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do it. And so I submitted whatever demos I had from the studio at the time that I was working with. And I have never written an essay so quickly in my life. Um 
but yeah, I ended up getting waitlisted and my mom was like, you should look at other film programs or whatever. And I told her, I was like, if I get into this NYU summer program, that means mm. I'm applying. That means it's a sign from the universe and I will, I'm applying for music. And I ended right. up getting off the waitlist. Um, Hell yeah. So then I was like, okay, this is definitely a sign or I don't know. I believe in signs. So I was telling myself, I was like, it's a Me sign. Too. I think so too. What I really wanted was to learn about yeah, like a holistically the music industry, how to mm-hmm. produce, but also, you know, do a bit of everything, engineering, more on the business side, A and R and publishing, songwriting and performing. Oh, interesting. And so right. someone, a vocal coach, had recommended that I look at Clive, um, and so that's how I found out about Clive. And I, I was like, cool. I, I guess I'm gonna go here. I was like, I'm going here. Um. And then over the summer when we met at NYU, I completely fell in love with it. So I was like, this is definitely mm. the right school. But it was just about deciding whether or not I wanted Steinhardt or Clive. Yeah, I think that you get a whole picture like of everything when it comes to, like you were saying, you didn't want to just be songwriting. But you really get the full experience of music business and the side that's right. more artistic. Obviously, you're more like invested in music now, but kind of a question about like the crossroads between film and mm-hmm. and that that world and like the music world there's like writing for movies there's being a music supervisor like picking the songs for tv or commercials or movies or whatever or like scoring films so like did you ever think about things like that I had it but actually one of the deciding it's so I hadn't thought about it really for film but people kept telling me they were like oh you love film and you love directing and cinematography and you write screenplays, they were like, you know, you could make your own film and, you know, compose your Mm -hmm. own music as well. And I was like, that would be really sick. But the one thing that I actually, um, I did, I was an editor in my school paper for four years in high school. Cool. And one of the things that I thought was potentially kind of merged two of my interests was at Clive, they offer music journalism. Mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. kind of what I had been exploring my junior year of high school. I'd been writing a lot of music journalist pieces. And yeah, that's I used, sick. I used some of that for my some of the pieces I wrote for my portfolio. And actually, I read a Billboard article where Maggie Rogers talked about how she wanted to be a music journalist. I was just going to say yeah. that because I saw that too. Yeah. So I was like, that, that's, an, that's another one of my interests of mine. Um, because actually for a while... I was looking at applying to Gallatin, which is a school of individualized studies, because mm, yeah, my sophomore year, I always, I said, I always wanted to go to NYU, but my sophomore year was just, I mean, I feel like that's what high school is for. It's for, I wasn't one of those kids. I was really into music when I was a really little kid. I did musical theater. I was classically trained. And then I hit puberty and my voice went weird. And I was like, I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> and then I got into film. And then I got into journalism. <laughs> yeah, I was like, next best thing. I was like, cool. And then I got going into journalism. Hollywood. And whatever, but I was like, I was into, and I feel like high school is like finding out the things that you like, and it's good to have an array of things. I'm not one of those kids. It's like, yeah, I was preparing for my audition since I was eight. Since I was born. Yeah. (laughs) Some people really are like that. Some people are, and it's they really are. I'm learning to like find. It's different. My mom is gonna kill me for saying like so much. No, but I'm learning that that's. I think I texted Anika about this, but I'm learning that that's their path and that's their creative process, but mine is equally valid and okay, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. I love that. Me too. I love that you said that. 
deep it's, truth. It's hard to put things in perspective sometimes because it's a little intimidating when people are like, I've been doing this since I was born. And yep. you're like, oh, I just started yeah. this like last year. <laughs> okay, so I've been told by you actually that you had a goal to release music before you were 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. your birthday's coming up. It's next month. So can we expect new music from you? And what are you working on now? Um, okay, so here's the thing. So I started working on a, <laughs> an EP with the studio. Um, cool. And they're currently... So I have... It's been a whole back and forth process. And there's been a lot of tears in the process of me. There always is, you know. <laughs> there <what? I'm> always <laughs> is. There always, there always is. is. There's, there's, there's been a lot of passive-aggressive text messages, but oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. We love to past the crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but past the crying. I mean, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be an Imogen YCP without a lot of tears. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so we were actually, I wanted to release everything. Well, my plan was because I was, no one really knew that I was doing music in high school. No one knew until I got into Clive and they were like, she applied for music. That's what? crazy. And I was really shy about it. Literally only my close friends knew. And so my plan was, uh, you know, when I, ended high school to release music because I'm like I'm leaving and I don't care what you guys think um, <laughs> oh my god goodbye and um but then the quarantine happened and so I was finishing up um and we were about to do my master vocals for two songs it's a four track EP cool and we were about to finish the master vocals and then corona happened and so I the know. studio closed and they're not mm. opening. They texted me this morning, actually. The earliest they can open in London um, legally is in July. So I can't do Damn. my master vocals until the summer. But I have a snippet of a song that I've been playing for all my friends. I think, mm. well, Anika's definitely heard it. I think, Sasha, I've prob- probably played it for you, too. It's called mm-hmm. February. And it's been sitting uh-huh. on my phone. <laughs> it's been sitting on my phone for probably a year. this is so stupid but I wrote myself my mom got me this letterbox and it's like write a letter to yourself and one of my goals I wrote for my 17th on my 17th birthday it was to release something before my 18th birthday song out before you're 18 I love that goal drop so so (laughs) so I was like oh I really have to I'm just gonna bother me if I don't do it so I told Anika I was like it's not done. So what I was thinking of doing was releasing a snippet of February just to feel like I had something out there because it's not the mm. final vocal and the reverb's a little weird right now. And I don't know, we just have to put some final touches on it, you know, mix it and everything. But just to have something out and feel, you know, like I did what I said I was going to do before I was 18. I was also going to ask you, like when you said there's issues with reverb or whatever, like could you fix it on your own? I mean, I started taking production classes in quarantine because I was like, might as well learn. Love that. Um, That's a great way to be productive during quarantine. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really hard. I don't feel like people give producers and engineers enough credit. It honestly is so much more complex. You know, I think I feel like you watch the videos of people doing it. You're like, oh, yeah. And then you yeah, just throw some chat. sounds on there. Yeah. <laughs> really, you do that and like, oh, that sounds terrible. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so right now... I don't probably have the knowledge to... Also, um, I don't have Logic currently on my laptop or Pro Tools. I would really recommend YouTube and Reddit have a lot of information on this. 
<laughs> I literally, what would, there's been so many, like, as we've been doing this podcast, even, like, things that I've had to learn about editing audio and, like, how to take out sounds. And, like, I learned about selective bass processing last episode, like, to take out background noises. And I, it was all from YouTube and Reddit. So don't don't underestimate yourself and go Google some stuff. I feel like and there's definitely a lot to learn, but it's just a lot harder than you would think it is. Like, when oh, you see yeah, people it doing is. it, like how Imogen was saying, I was like, I'm going to get my new laptop and I'm going to download Logic and I'm just going to learn how to use Logic. And then... Every time I run into a problem, or I think I understand, and then I run into a problem, and it's a simple thing that takes me, like, two hours to fix. Oh, for sure. That's completely the issue. Anyway, but I believe in you, Imogen, and I can't wait for this song. So we wanted to ask you, Imogen, what kind of music you listen to, and what are your influences, and, like, how do you think it has affected how you write and how you sing and all that? I would say... I say this every time when people ask what type of music I make. I would say it's dark pop. Mm, dark pop. I think that's a great way to... Yeah. I don't really like... know what that means. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> kind of like... I kind of know... I know the energy that it kind of gives off, but I'm not really sure. Like, give me some examples of dark pop. Because like, I don't songs. like to say... I'm that person. I mean, it is pop, but I don't like to say it's just pop. I'm like, it has an edge. I don't no, know. No, but I think that when I like you that. listen to it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I read in a, um interview with Dua Lipa that she... I love Dua classifies, Lipa. She classifies her... A fellow Londoner, she classifies her music as dark pop, and I was like, oh. I like that. I'm going to take that for myself, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to have that. Thank you. I'm just going to borrow that. I'll I'm have that. I'm that. Um, <laughs> We can pretend I came up with it, but you did. Um, <laughs> Nobody. I'm completely convinced. Artists that I love their lyrics are Lord. I love the mm. way she. I love. I love, the, I love the lyrics that uh, she just has a way, you know. With and not yeah, she only, does. But the delivery is just. I don't know. It gets me every. I can't listen. I told the Nuke we were listening to it this summer. We were playing our bag songs and going around and like in a crying circle because what else would mm. we be doing? And I was like, you will not be able to listen to Ribs by Lord without crying. Oh no, it's really I, good. I feel that a hundred percent. It just that song just like rip. Oh my god, I can't. Every single you time I listen rips to it, I'm me like, apart. my soul leaves my body. <laughs> That's how that song makes me feel. I love Halsey, and mm. I love The Weeknd more than life. Um, I also love Lana Del Rey. I was mm. really sad that she canceled her concert because I was going to see her earlier this year. Mm. Um, I'm you trying know, to think. When I'll, people ask this question or, like, what your favorite movie is, my mind blanks all the I time. Know, Does but, that happen to you? Yeah, but those four four artists you just named, right? Maybe it's five. Wait, Lord, Halsey, Weeknd, Lana. Yeah. they Mac all. Miller. Oh, yeah, True. they all kind of... I didn't know what you meant by dark pop before, but it makes perfect sense for all of <laughs> yeah. those people. See? And, yeah. yeah, I think that's super cool. And you can totally hear it in your music and your voice, I think. So what does your creative process look like? It varies. The song that we wrote the other day came from... Yeah. Raise the roof. It came from um, the Isolation Journal's um, prompt that that's Maggie very Rogers... Cool sent in um I was writing in the journal and I was like oh wait these two words rhyme and would be cool in a song Mm. and then I I don't know I feel like I have I don't really have like a set process I like (laughs) 
I'm so nerdy. <laughs> I guess I like writing poems, so sometimes mm. I feel like putting poems to a guitar chord sounds cooler. That was kind of where I started. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I always, I mean, I used to carry around a notebook. Now I just kind of do my notes on my phone because it's easier. But mm-hmm. um, just like without standing like a stalker, like, you know, like things I observe throughout the day or random, yeah. I don't know, random pieces of inspiration that or lyric ideas. I'll just put them on my phone and go back to them. Um, poems. I think sometimes, because I'm really, with film and stuff, I'm like, sometimes, like, the story that we wrote, I like recreating. Because sometimes I feel like, and I think one of our professors said it this summer, like, you only have so much to say about yourself, and then you're not interested. You know, it's not in a bad way, but it's, like, it's not interesting after a certain yeah, point. Yeah, that's And smart. so, like, creating storylines and, like, trying to write from other perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's, it's like a fun prompt, which we did a lot of this summer. And I think I've tried to keep up throughout the year. You know, I know, like, I know you're, um, have moved away from film, but that's a very like film (laughs) standpoint to come to music from, which I think is interesting. And also just the poem thing. I think, um, I don't know. It just feels very image. And I feel like I can definitely hear that in like in you and your stuff. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I'm not going to write a Shakespeare sonnet and read it to someone that's really lame. So I was like, I'll put it to a guitar chord. I love that. Okay, this is a silly one, but best concert no. you've ever been to? Oh my God, Beyonce, hands down. Really? Was, you went to Beyonce? It was my, first, it was my first concert, and I'm such a dork. I was like, to my friend I turned to, I was like, you realize we're in the same room, and by same room, I meant 60,000 person no. as Beyonce, but I was like, I'll take it. I we're felt breathing that the same air as Beyonce. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna say Halsey. I mean, oh my god. Well, that too, but Beyonce creepy. walks on water. Like yeah. someone told me that Beyonce didn't walk on water the other day. <laughs> and I said, I don't really know how to respond to that. I mean, I think also because she was my first concert, nothing tops that. That's a good first concert. Oh, I get that. I feel like the first time that you go see someone live. It's just it's crazy. And it's I know I've said this already, but it's like an out of body experience because it's like yeah. as a songwriter and as someone who loves music and you would want to perform seeing it is just like wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told you, did I tell you this story? Um I was part of this choir when I was like 12 or 13 and we were doing this charity concert called Children in Need in London mm. and One Direction Oh yeah, was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like <laughs> He offered to hug us, but I was like, I don't know who you are. So I got really weirded out, and I was like, I'm okay. Imogen, that is the biggest loss. <laughs> you literally fumbled the bag. <laughs> you literally fumbled the bag. I mean, stranger danger. I was like, I don't know who this no. guy is. Oh, my God. You should have felt it Sasha in your will soul. hug anyone. So okay. That would never happen. <laughs> Maybe take this out of the podcast and don't include that it. That would never happen. Like come at me. That would- <laughs> That would never happen to Sasha because she'll hug anyone. (laughs) Oh my god, that was a bus story. I wasn't even there, and I feel like I was there. I feel like I was there. Do you want to tell it, Anik? We need ref. We need context for the audience. (laughs) Okay, so the last time we were in New York, Mm -hmm. I was there a couple days earlier, so I went to go meet Sasha at the train station. And we decided to have pie for breakfast from Milk Bar. Yeah, get emails from on, from them on the daily. <laughs> so we walk into Milk Bar, and we're sitting down. We finished eating our pie, and some random man walks in. And he just looks like he's about to meet a friend, like nothing alarming. Yeah. And then he starts asking for money. 
<laughs> and he's like, please, like, do you have extra money? And then, I mean, I honestly just actually don't carry cash. So I was like, I'm so sorry I don't. But then Sasha was like, oh, I, like, I'll give him money. So she pulls out her wallet and she gives this random man money. And then he goes, God bless you. God bless you guys. Can I give you a hug? And then Sasha, Sasha was like, sure. And then this random man who was just begging people for money inside of the milk bar is hugging Sasha. And I'm like, you can't just go around hugging random people. I and wasn't she also there just... and I can picture this so clearly. <laughs> and then Sasha, but Sasha looked like uncomfortable. So I'm like, why didn't you just say no? I didn't like, know. Oh, I didn't. Like, what are you supposed to say? Someone's just like, can I hug you? I feel like it's so cruel to be like, no, like, what if he, I don't know. What if he needed that? I kind of had this weird thing. Um, this is, it's kind of unrelated. Uh, there's like, I have this theory. I think I read this somewhere, but that you need like f- like minimum like four hugs a day like to survive like to be to be like happy i think the number actually might be higher than that but i've i've brought it down to four it doesn't have to be from four different people but just four hugs and because i have noticed like when i like don't like hug anyone or like touch anyone just like in like throughout like a day or like for a few days i feel really bad and feel really like isolated <laughs> and so it was actually funny Whenever I go somewhere, like when we were at NYU, it was like a weekend and I was like, I don't think I've hugged anyone for like several days. And I felt really weird about it. And so I went up to Anique and I was like, I hope this doesn't sound (laughs) weird, but I need you to hug me. I (laughs) like like I need some cuddles. And what's funny is that I'm really the least cuddly person, but I was like, of course. So I was like, come here, my child. I did have a Sasha moment one time. I was playing an open mic in like this area in Miami, Coral Gables. And after the performance, this random man who just, <laughs> he just like came in and he was really nice though. And he was like, I watched your performance. I think you're so talented. Aww. I love your songs. Then he was All like, true. can I give you a hug? And I was like, sure, because I'm like, you were just so nice. You sat through my entire performance. Mm. I'm a stranger. And everyone was like, he looks unwell. Like, why are you hugging him? And I'm like, I mean. See, sometimes it's hard to say no to someone who just needs a hug. Okay, so with the digital age and social media, you know, booming as it is, it's become less necessary to, it is especially now yeah for real yeah (laughs) um it's less necessary for artists to have to tour especially new artists um Mm -hmm. is performing something that you'd want to do in the future is touring something that you're looking to do or do you just want to like put music out there and have it on the internet for people to stream but not necessarily go around because it's interesting that that's like possible now because it looks so different from what like the music scene used to look like where it's like if you want to be a performer you have to go perform immediately right and oh, now yeah. there are people that are just coming up from the internet and that that kind of like hurdle or step of like, oh, I'm going to become a performer has been pushed back a little bit. I mean, depending on who you are. But like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think, yes, a goal of mine is to ultimately be a performer. I think that I struggle, <laughs> you two know this, I'm definitely, I love performing but I'm definitely a shower singer like Mm. I can sing really confidently for my dog Mm. and then when like a person is there my voice goes all shaky and I don't know what happens sometimes but I find it I don't know I feel like it's 
I love like just playing my music for people and like once I start singing Mm -hmm. and performing I feel really comfortable and in my element but it's just that initial hurdle for me I'm not one of those people that I love it's so weird I don't know how to explain it I love performing and I love the feeling of performing once I'm doing it but I'm not one of those people that's like I live to perform and I eat sleep and breathe yeah you know I'm like I'm more comfortable right now and maybe this is just where I am in terms of my confidence and development as a songwriter and an artist I'm perfectly content being in like a dark studio with my hoodie no makeup on my phone writing song notes and like geeking out about 808s with a bunch of other music people Mm -hmm. like you know I don't really feel the need right now but I do love performing and I find it weird too because I do acting at school and I find it really easy to act in front of people on stage but then when I get when it's like I guess it's maybe because it's my material and it's such a personal extension of myself it's not like I'm playing a character or anything I'm like if you don't like this you really probably won't like me so (laughs) you know um that's so interesting (laughs) it's kind of off topic no I don't know if that answered the question it is I mean it's just hard to be vulnerable I think sometimes so when you're growing up and you're performing things that you've written yourself that are personal to you it's a very 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 different from being like oh I'm playing a character this is has nothing to do with me yeah yeah or even like lullaby which was the song that my group performed at the showcase it just felt like we wrote it about uh from the perspective of a Syrian refugee and I was like if I don't do this well I'm doing this story such an injustice oh my gosh you know what, I mean? what a load of pressure to put on yourself <laughs> for the showcase you know what I mean jeez <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> Um, Everyone's like la 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 song share and Imogen like, is like I'm telling the and, like, story of can't. the children. Imogen was with a paper. Imogen was with a paper bag, like fully oh breathing my God. in and out. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the one thing I remember when we met, because a lot of people at the program were like, "I want to be a performer," right. and I was kind of like, "I don't know." I was like, "I love, I love, so- I love singing, but I love writing, and I love, I feel more comfortable in the process of writing, yeah. like the process Big at the time." time back in the summer of like the prospect of having to go and actually sing my songs for people made me feel nauseous <laughs> and so I remember I remember when you were like no I actually I like like writing for other people too that was the first time I really considered the idea of actually writing for other people oh, interesting songwriting song. yeah were you actually the first person that I've met who's actually yeah. said that really because I sat next to you like, yeah, yeah I sat next to you the first day when we were having the introduction uh-huh and when before they asked the question, I think you had asked me because we were just next to each other, and you're like, "Oh, do you like want to be an artist and a songwriter, yeah. or just a songwriter?" And I was like, "I don't know, I guess both." And you're like, "I just want to do songwriting first. Well, I and I was like, "Oh, cool." I don't know. I guess I do. I did like ask people that, like when I talk to musicians, I usually ask that because I didn't realize that it was like something uncommon. I thought I was gonna mm-hmm. find more people who were just like, "Oh, I." I just want to write, but then like everybody I asked was like, "No, like I want to, I want to perform. I want it to be me." And I just thought that was interesting because, obviously, like when I was like a little kid, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be Hannah Montana." But then I was like, "Oh, Hannah Montana doesn't write her songs. That's someone else who doesn't have to do all the other stuff and can just (laughs) write for Hannah Montana." I was like, "That's epic. I want that to be me." (laughs) No, I think that was. I felt really stuck for a while because I was like, I don't feel like I'm at the point where I have the confidence or, you know, the ability to be this amazing performer, but I still love to write and I still love to sing. And I feel like there is something to be said, like, 
about the artists who write their own stuff and sing their own stuff but there's also something equally beautiful about artists that can take someone else's words and make it so I agree much I own. so agree like yeah like an amazing skill to have and be able also because if you're a songwriter you're probably writing with a lot of different people so mm-hmm. many different styles so the ability to be able to adapt I think is incredible yeah yeah I find it really, I don't know, it bothers me when people criticize artists for not writing their yeah. own songs because I'm like, yes, it's a skill, but it's also such a skill to be to be that the good performer. Of a storyteller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it yeah. And have some like make people believe that that you it know. was you. Yeah, I I totally yeah. agree with that. I think it's just there's so many like like being a musician is like, people will just put that word, like, you're a musician, but really, that encompasses so many separate skills that, like, you have to develop, and so, of course, like, some people, honestly, I was gonna say some people can do it all, but I don't think anybody does it all without help, like, there are some people who are really good writers and really good performers, of course, but then there are a million other aspects that they get help with from people who specialize in that, and, like, I think, like, there are people who just have like amazing beautiful voices who can tell a story and like convey it to an audience like nothing else and that is valuable and that is being a musician and it doesn't matter if you wrote it or not and same goes yeah it's an industry for a reason exactly same goes with being a songwriter like that is something a beautiful skill like you said and and it's separate from performing and they're both great yeah yeah mm-hmm. so no tea no shade to anyone who doesn't write songs or anyone no. who only writes songs like we're, we need each other really if you're either one of those things you need the other one no exactly <laughs> yeah it's really exactly. codependent relationship and so do you prefer writing from scratch like just coming up with a random idea of how you're feeling or something or writing for a prompt I think it honestly depends because in quarantine I've liked writing from prompts mm-hmm. a lot more because I've been so creatively blocked I guess and um I feel like it just gives me structure and it's like no I'm actually gonna write a song and um I have something to go back to but I feel like when I initially started getting into music it was more just these are some of my thoughts or this is a feeling I have and I'm gonna further explore that Mm -hmm. but I feel like now I don't know I guess now I like more writing from a prompt because I think it pushes me like I think when we wrote feel this way um and like those sorts of prompts that really raise the roof push you to think <laughs> yeah <laughs> a bop a true bop but if, if I if bop. I do say so myself Would but love um, to hear the club remix coming to you soon <laughs> yeah fully but um <laughs> but yeah I feel like now having a prompt kind of pushes you outside of your comfort zone um yeah because like I said, I feel like you can only feel or like have so much of the same experience to write from before it gets a bit boring. And I agree. The same thing. I also think that it helps you because you grow from it, from having to follow prompts and being creative with like being as creative as you can with whatever I the so prompt agree. is. Because I also yeah. think like a lot of the time people are like, oh, you're just so talented. You're just born with all this talent. <laughs> but I do definitely think that you can. No one says Popped that to out me, the one. I think so. <laughs> that is not true. That's no, not I think that, <laughs> but I think that um well thank you but um I think that songwriting is definitely something that you can get better at and so you can definitely true improve 
And a lot of the time, sometimes, because before I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, what if, you know how we were saying, what if I never write another good mm-hmm. song again? Or the fear. what if I just run out of ideas? Or what if this is just like where I plateau and I don't get any better? <laughs> but I definitely think that by writing to prompts and like writing as much as you can, and just in the one week that we spent at NYU, I think you grow so much and you, you know, really get better at the skills yeah. that you have. Also, interesting thing that I was just thinking about as you said that is like, Mm-hmm. being a songwriter like seeing your growth as like getting uh, getting better as a songwriter is kind of hard because it's not like it's linear it's not like you can look at each song and be like this song was better than the last one which is better than the last one yeah or it's just like a big zigzag where you're like oh this one was terrible but this <laughs> one was great and then we went really far down and then this one was like okay but i probably won't remember it in a few months and this one was fantastic and you can see like over time how how you like you, how you, what you do as far as like the vocabulary you're comfortable using and the phrasing that you use mm-hmm. and the topics that you tackle, like those things get better over time, but it's, it's hard to see it in the moment, but just like making yeah. sure that even though it, it's kind of hard to tell if you're getting better, that you keep pushing yourself with prompts and having to be extra creative. Like, I think it's important. Thank you so much, Imogen. We're so happy to have you on. It's been great yeah, chatting I've with you. Yeah, loved it. You too. All the way from London the Kid pond. takes the world. <laughs> London Kid, London no kid accent, no accent takes, takes, the takes the world. <laughs> no accent. You would think she could be American, but she's, she's not. not. Okay. Thank you. Okay, song of the week and woman of the week. Quick wrap up. All right. So my song of the week this week is Seven Billion People by Rachel. Oh <laughs> no way. Yeah. Stop. Yes. <laughs> and. I chose this song because I've been obsessed with it since the first mm. voice memo mix, whatever it was You're that was too sent nice. to me. And Sasha actually co-wrote this song too. I did, yeah. And it's out today. No, it's well, not. This comes out on Friday. Oh, <laughs> you scared me so much. I was like, what? <laughs> it's out today. I'm like, Rachel, oh. And you guys should definitely yeah. go stream it. I'm obsessed with this song. My favorite part is the second verse. Where it's like, mm, same. that part is the, my favorite part. <laughs> I just like definitely just mumbled it. But it's like, never thought it would end up with nothing to say. Drawing blanks. Like, does anybody ever just quit? Or do 7 billion people just handle this? I Stop. Love, That's actually going to make me emotional that you're quoting. I love that. I literally, so is. my shower has like a speaker in the ceiling, like in my bathroom. That's and sick. I listen to that song every single day and it's like the water's Here, falling and it's like stop. dramatic and I'm like flipping my hair and like singing the song <laughs> and it's just like an emotional and intense moment. It's just so good. I love it. Stream it, please. Do yourself a favor. You're so nice. So good. Seven Billion People by Rachel Bachner. Out now. Co-written by me. So good. <laughs> Little plug. <laughs> well, thank you, Anik. Thank- that's very nice of you to pick. <laughs> um, My... A song of the week is kind of random, but it's called Astro Van by Mount Joy. Oh, I love Mount Joy. A band Joy. called Mount Joy. Really? You listen yeah. to that? That's so cool. That's random. That's and what's cool. funny is that yesterday I was watching a video of um, the Lumineers, and I think mm. it's the lead singer, but he was like touring with them. And so it was like oh, playing with Mount Joy. So it's funny that you, yeah. you know, mentioned Mount Joy. Astro Van is just kind of this fun, upbeat, folky type song right is that what you classify it yeah i would i think so it says it's kind of it's about like the lead singer is like his mom is concerned that he'll be poor 
like pursuing music or whatever is kind of how I interpret it mm-hmm. as, as. But he says, I don't want to see those tears again because Jesus drives an Astro van. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. And the first verse goes like, um, it goes, Angel smoking cigarettes on rooftops in fishnets in the morning with the moon still glowing. And here comes Jesus in an Astro van rolling down this trip again. I just think that like it immediately paints like such an interesting picture and like it's not really like the genre that I listen to the most, but I heard those intro lines and I was just like, okay, I'm listening to this. Sold. I don't really know what this. I don't understand, but I'm sold. Okay, so my woman of the week this week is Angèle. She's a Belgian singer songwriter. Anique's French side just <laughs> popped out. <laughs> I love her mostly because so I really do enjoy listening to French music. Also, just because mm. it helps me because I sing along and I feel like I'm practicing. Anique speaks French, just FYI. Yeah, so it helps me practice. Philly is French, so that's why she likes that. Because <laughs> I can understand it. But yeah. she's a singer-songwriter, and she obviously sings in French. And she has, like, French pop music that's really, really good. Mm. And her brother is also a singer, so they, like, duet sometimes, which I think is really cool. And she has a song, one of my favorite, well, not my favorite song, but it's my favorite because of this. But it was, like, about mm-hmm. the Me Too movement in France, like, their version of that. Oh, uh, yeah. And the music video is just so fun. And it's, like, I don't know. It's, like, if you watch it, because it has subtitles in English, too, so you can understand. And mm-hmm. it's, like, um, feminism school and stuff. And it's, like, all these guys sitting in a table. And she's, like, teaching them. She's, like... <laughs> consent consent that's so funny so i don't know i like what she stands for and she's just a really cool artist and her music's really good everything sounds very Mm -hmm. different and yeah definitely check her out she has some songs that have english and french in them so that's sick i will i will i will listen and try to do my best with my high school barely high school french skills you do really well there was something oh it was an interview of luca are too nice no, to no, me. No. Okay, there was an interview that Luca did when he was in France, and he also Luca sp- yeah, he speaks French. And you he were does. reading the words in French and translating, and you were doing really well. I was I was barely holding on, <laughs> barely holding on by a thread. But you're very nice. <laughs> okay, my woman of the week is someone we've actually talked about multiple times in this episode alone. I don't know if you can guess. Um, it's Maggie Rogers. Um, I mean, we knew that one was coming yeah, because was. I just didn't know who was gonna do it first. I know. I was kind of thinking that. I was almost thinking like maybe you were gonna say it this episode <laughs> because of the Clive thing. Yeah. Because Imogen is going to Clive and Maggie Rogers went to Clive. I don't even really know where to start with Maggie Rogers. She is so i mean i know we both love her she's just super inspirational oh yeah I me too love her album like nothing else heard it in a past life and i remember seeing just like the video of her and pharrell at clive and just being like no way like she has this this voice and this like vision for her music that totally just translated in that moment mm-hmm. and i i just love her and her performance is also, I said this about Doja Cat, and I will say it about Maggie Rogers, is that I've never seen her live in concert, which very sad, and I really want to. One day. We will. But, like, just videos of her performing, like, totally get me. Like, I'm fully just, like, super full attention. Just, like, wow. Yeah, they're super encapsulating. Well, just, like, yeah. That's interesting because... I do feel the same way, especially about Maggie Rogers, but, like, when we, before she released Love You for a Long Time, 
and we'd seen the mm. video of her performing it live. We were just both like, wow, yeah, like, that is amazing. Wow, she has such yeah. an amazing stage presence. She really does. So yeah, Maggie Rogers is my woman of the week. Thank you everyone for listening to episode yeah, five of Songwriting in. Saves the World. We'll see you next week. Even in the dark, I see your face and end up by my